right, FBC Kids. FBC Kids now free to go with Miss Patty. So last week we began this series, Guardrails. And as we took time last week, we kind of, the whole big idea, the whole premise last week was that priorities and guardrails without a purpose are just a to-do list. You know, we all have these lists that we make. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times what happens is as we make this list of our life, we may put God and then family and friends and, and job or whatever it may be and we start that morning off, and, and we take our time with God, and then we check him off the list. And then we just move on with our life from there. You know, we don't include God in the middle of our family or in the middle of our life or whatever we may be going on because we've created this checklist or this to-do list, and it really doesn't allow us to bring God into everything. We almost prioritize him right out of what we've got to do. And unfortunately, I think we all run into that. And so this week, we're going to look at our actions, or maybe I should say our reactions. See, everyone likes lists. I'm a list maker. I like lists. I like to be able to look and say that I've accomplished something because everything's been checked off my list. If you ever looked at my calendar, my calendar has every minute, every hour of every day, something in it. And, and as I go through the day, my, my laptop, my tablet, my phone, even my watch reminds me of what's on my calendar. You know, it pops up and it tells me, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And, and so it's supposedly, it, I won't say it keeps me on track. It tells me what I should be doing at that time. But odds are I'm generally not doing what I'm supposed to be doing at that time. Because what happens is as I go through life and, and I'm going through this day, I've got these things, hey, I've got to get this done today. And then other things creep in. You know, other things start coming in. All of a sudden, you know, maybe it's a phone call. Maybe someone else has a problem with something. And, and all of a sudden now that takes part of my time that I should be doing something else. And then it continues to go, and now I'm halfway through the day, and I'm realizing, man, I got all this I got to do, and, and, and it's not even on my list, but I got to do this. And then I got all this stuff that's on my list to do, and, and I start getting real anxious about it. And, and then it's like the end of the day, and I realize I've got all this stuff that didn't get done. And then I try and go to sleep that night. You know, it's all on my head, all these things I didn't get done, and, and the things that I wanted to do, I couldn't get done because of some other extenuating circumstances, and, and I'm trying to go to sleep, and I can't sleep, and, and then I finally, 2, 3 in the morning, I fall asleep, and then my alarm goes off, and it feels like it was that much sleep, and, and now you wake up, and guess what? Now you're anxious and nervous, and you're worried again because you've got all this stuff on your plate that you didn't get done yesterday, that guess what? It's still on your plate. 
You still got to get it done. Now you got all this other stuff because it's a new day. You got this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, you okay, that's it. I'm going to put it all. And you start really stressing and worrying. And you got it down. You, here I am. And bam, something else happens. Am I the only one who that had it happens to? Yeah, I really thought I wouldn't be the only one because unfortunately that's life, right? We get all this stress. We get all this anxiety. We feel like we've literally failed because we didn't get things done. And ultimately, who made the to-do list? You did. We put so much pressure on ourselves. Yes, there's pressure in this world. There's pressure on our jobs. There's pressure in family. But think about how much pressure you put on yourself because we know us. We know what we're capable of. We know what we, we should be able to do. And we'll actually bring all this anxiety and worry onto ourselves, which really isn't needed because of our own to-do list. Because of our own what we want to accomplish in life, we'll put all of this on us. And, and one of the things that I want to really look at today is we allow worry and anxiety to control us. But the big idea for today is this. Our thoughts are the most important factor in determining how we feel and what we do. Let me say that again. Our thoughts are the most important factor in determining how we feel and what we do. So we need to change our thoughts. We need to change our thoughts. We need to realize that the more our thoughts are submitted to God, the more we will experience his peace and the more our lives will reflect him. So, so therefore, instead of constantly going through this vicious cycle uh, of worry and getting anxious about things, we, we need to look at what our thoughts are, where they're coming from, take them captive and move forward. So with that being said, let's dig into God's word and see what God's word has to say about it. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry, there's one in the back of the pew. As always, it will be up here on the screen. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Anyone ever hear the saying, garbage in, garbage out? I think most of us have heard that. And when you really think about it in today's society and, and, and technology, you know, we all have you know, smartphones that show us just how smart we really aren't. So we have smartphones, we have tablets, iPads. You know, if you're on the Apple side of things, um, I think that's of the devil. But anyways, you know, it even has a symbol of a bit Apple. I'm just saying, just saying. <laughs> but... With our laptop computers, everything we have are supposed to make life easier, right? It's supposed to put everything at your fingertips. With just a touch of a button, you can figure out everything. But you ever notice that computers crash? Your iPhone or your regular phone will crash sometimes. 
Because here's ultimately what happens. It's only as good as what's put into it. What was put into it, what it was designed to do, is what it's capable of accomplishing. Whatever it's been programmed for is what it's capable of doing. Well, I think we're the same way. I think we're the same way that we typically reduce base, uh, typically, re, typically, wow, we typically produce results off of what we put into it. You think about it, if, if, if you put a lot into something, you generally get pretty good results. But if you kind of haphazardly go into something because you really don't want to do it and you kind of have to do it, the results generally aren't as good as when you're motivated about doing it. So basically, garbage in, garbage out. If you don't feel like doing it, you're going to put garbage into it, and what you're going to get out of it, you're going to get garbage out of it. If you're excited about it, you're going to put good stuff in it because you're going to want it to last, you're going to want it to look good, and you're really going to want to produce good results. I read a quote one time that says, you can't learn anything from a book you never read. Just like you can never learn something from something you say, person or thing that you've never listened to. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times we, we forget about that. What goes inside? What are we putting inside? What are we trying to learn? What are we trying to do inside of our lives? And, and some of us are really good at learning. We're really good at that head knowledge. I mean, you could go on Jeopardy and win Jeopardy because you know all the answers and you got all this knowledge inside your head that makes zero sense to anybody else. But you can't have a relationship with somebody else because your heart's in the wrong place. You're feeding your heart. You're feeding it with so many different things and so many impurities that it affects your life. And it affects the life with you and others. Um, and, and I think as we look at that, as what are we putting inside, I think it really affects our faith. It affects how we are, how we live, what we do. And, and Jesus even referred to this back in the Sermon on the Mount. If you remember, Jesus actually referred to hatred or malice in our hearts towards somebody else was the same as murder. It was the same as committing murder against that person because of our hatred or malice and and even that he compared lust with adultery. And, and you may be thinking, well, wait, it's just a thought. But most times a thought leads into actions. When you think about something for too long, guess what you end up doing? You end up doing what you've been thinking about. Garbage in, garbage out. you got to control what you're actually putting in inside of us. And, and I think that a lot of times it may be very daunting uh, uh, as seeing what we, we put into ourselves or understanding, you know, I, I need to change my focus. I need to do something different. I, I need to put different stuff in. And it seems like it could, it's hard sometimes. All you got to do is pick up social media, turn on the TV. Everything that is wrong in this world is around us all the time. But it comes down to what we choose to allow inside, what we choose to allow to control our lives and what we actually do. And, and I think a lot of times, especially in, in life, we try and address poor behavior by addressing the behavior. 
Have you ever noticed that? Oh, well, well, if I got this bad behavior. If I stop doing this bad behavior, I'll do much better, right? And we try and stop doing a bad behavior, but we never look at the thoughts that get us to do that bad behavior. And ultimately, the behavior is not going to stop until you change the thoughts, until you change the process that's leading to that behavior, whatever it is that's causing you to do it. And now think of it like this. Have you ever seen someone do something dumb or stupid and you go, what were they thinking? How about you? Have you ever done something stupid or dumb? And when you get done, you're like, what was I thinking? I think I did that yesterday. <laughs> but, but the reality is we, we do stuff that makes no sense. And, and then we ask ourselves, what was I thinking? The same thing happens in our spiritual life. We'll be walking along. We'll be trying to do everything. Hey, we're in God's word. We're, we're doing what we should be doing. And then we mess up. And then we're, what was I thinking? What were you thinking is you allowed other things to get inside of your heart, to get into your mind, to change what you were doing, and it affected your behavior. Instead of doing what God calls you to do, you fell into what the world calls you to do. You fell into some type of sinful nature or something, and guarantee you saw it coming. You knew it was coming. It's not like just all of a sudden, you know, you tripped up. I tripped into it. No, you didn't trip into it. You've been pursuing it with either your heart or your mind in some way or the other. And Romans 12, 2 tells us, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind <coughs> so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So understand, renewing of our minds isn't just not thinking about bad things. You know, you might think, oh, I'm going to renew my mind and I'm not going to think about these, these bad things or the things I used to do in my life. I'm, I'm just going to change the way I think and that should renew my mind. Well, ultimately, renewing your mind is consisting of replacing sinful, replacing unhealthy, replacing idle thoughts to godly thoughts, fulfilling our mind with the things of God. Fulfilling our mind with what God calls us to do. And one of the ways you should do that is reading your Bible. You know, by reading your Bible, you're filling your mind with God's Word. Maybe through worship, through time of prayer, uh, listening to, watching things, um, other pastors, or, or watching or listening to podcasts, uh, devotions, or anything else. And, and anything that spiritually feeds us to what God's Word calls us to do. Uh, and I think that when we do that, when we're taking that time to, to look at what God's Word says and listen to people who are smarter than us uh, about what God's Word says, I think it opens us up for the Holy Spirit to come in and to renew our minds, to change what the, we may be thinking about, and allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of us. And you want to know where your mind is and what may be polluting your mind? Make a list. Make a list of what you listen to, what you watch, and what you do. Because here's the reality. If, we're look, if we make a list of, hey, what do I watch? What do I listen to? Uh, what are some of my hobbies or things that I do? I guarantee you that 
when I put Call of Duty on that list, it's probably not a good thing for my mind. It probably doesn't get me closer to God. It does help me relieve stress, though, just so you know. So at the beginning, when I said I'm, I'm like going crazy and I'm anxious, when I can get on a video game and just like shoot someone and know they're going to respawn in 30 seconds, I can feel good about that. <laughs> it's not maybe good for my mind, but then what is interesting is, is on Xbox, my name is Ephesians 4.29, so it's a Bible verse. And it actually starts conversations where people will actually get a Bible or they'll actually look up the verse to see what it says. And it starts conversation. It may not be the healthiest things for me, but it does actually, God can use all things. But go back to what you're reading, what you're watching, and what you're listening to. And ask yourself the question, is this growing me closer to God? Is this making me more healthy internally? Or is it pushing me away from God? Is it making me go farther away from God? Is it making me be more like the world? Or am I having a healthy relationship with the things that I watch, the things that I read, and the things that I listen to, and are they actually transforming me to be more like Jesus? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 say this, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing as, uh, that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. It's a battle in our thoughts, whether you believe it or not. There is a battle inside of us each and every day, everything we go through. And I think by making that list earlier, what you watch, what you listen to, uh, what you're reading, I think it helps you understand where the battle of your thoughts are at. Because depending on what you're doing, are you allowing garbage in to allow garbage out, or are you bringing in healthy things to allow that healthy relationship to come out? And, and I think that's where we start to discover if something's pulling us away from Christ that we need to put it to the side. We need to set it to the side and we need to move forward. And, and I think that's that beginning of taking every thought captive taking those thoughts captive to where I realize this isn't what I should be doing. It's not what I should be thinking. Uh, it's drawn me away from Jesus. I need to take this captive, get it gone, and move in the right direction. It's not easy. There's nothing easy about that in this world. There's nothing ever going to be easy about it. But that's what a guardrail looks like. That's what a guardrail in your life looks like. And, and as mentioned earlier, it's that, it's that motive of our hearts. Uh, our heart's motive should be what lies behind our guardrails. It's the key to it. And make sure you don't slip into legalism. Make sure you don't slip into judgmentalism because guardrails are personal. Put it to you like this. Someone like me may not have to worry about going inside a bar or going someplace 
and seeing other people drink, because guess what? It's not going to make me start drinking again. But there are other people that can't even watch someone drink. If they see someone drink, they could so easily fall back into becoming an alcoholic. It had that much of a hold on them. There are people who can't go certain places because it reminds them of where they got their last fix. And now they need another fix. There may be people who can't go on certain websites or watch certain things because it's going to take them back to a porn addiction or something that they had going on. Everyone has these different triggers in our life, so guardrails are very personal. It's a personal thing for everybody, so we can't say, hey, well, this is what I do, so this is what you need to do, because they're not going to be the same. You talk to anyone who's went through recovery, everyone has different triggers, everyone has different things that they need to put into place or different guardrails to keep them on the course that they should be on. And as I said last week, sometimes we got to put guardrails inside guardrails because we tend to walk near the edge and then we trip over that guardrail. So we need to put some guardrails inside to keep us away from the end. Knowing that we're going to step over one, maybe trip over the second, maybe jump over the third, you know, so we need them extra guardrails out there to keep us from going to where we shouldn't be going. But remember, they're individual. They're for each individual person. And, and guardrails are for you. And, and as we said last week, it's a tool that to help you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So it's that individual tool where you can actually seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because that's what every guardrail should be pointing you to. Seeking him and his righteousness. And, and here in this scripture today, I think this scripture actually lays out some thoughts or some processes that can help us in creating our internal guardrails because internal guardrails are so much harder to maintain than external. See, an external guardrail, you know if you did it or not because the proof is in you did it or you didn't. But internally, internally it's a little harder because you're trying to change your thoughts. And, and as much as we may say, hey, you know, I, I, I'm not thinking about it, you probably are. It's probably a process that comes up, and, and maybe you don't think about it for hours, but it still creeps in. So internal guardrails are so much harder. But I think the, these verses give us some simple principles. First one is, is Anytime you find yourself anxious, anytime you find yourself worrying, replace it with prayer. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 27, we cannot add a minute to our life by, through worry. I've never worried extra time in my life. If anything, I've worried and got anxious and time seemed to go by faster. And I didn't seem to have enough time. But we need to, when we feel ourselves getting anxious, when we feel ourselves worrying, actually take it to God in prayer. Actually pray, give it to him. And, and see, a lot of people think, well, well, I've got this worry on my mind and I prayed about it. Well, no, you really didn't pray about it. All you did was kind of talk to yourself about what you're worrying about. Because when you actually take it to God, you leave it with him. 
you know, you, you don't like, okay, God, let me tell you about my day, and then you just, like you're having a conversation with somebody else, and then you leave with your day still there in your backpack. You know, it, it, it's taking it off, it's leaving it with him, it's praying about it, telling God, I'm giving this to you, and, and walking away. It, it's not taking it with you. So definitely take that time. When you're feeling worried, you're feeling anxious, take time in prayer. Give it to him. Second thing, be thankful. Everyone in this room has something to be thankful for. If you don't think so, I've said it before, if we came up here and I said, I want you to bring whatever your problem is, and I want you to lay it here at the altar, but when you put your problem here at the altar, you need to pick up someone else's. And most of you be saying, man, I'm going to keep my own problem. I don't want what they're going through. I don't want theirs. I don't want theirs. We, we have, even through trouble, we're, we've got things to be thankful for. If you've got a roof over your head, guess what? You've got something to be thankful for. If you've got food on your table, you've got something to be thankful for. If you've got a little bit of money in the bank, you've got something to be thankful for. If you've got family that loves you and cares for you, you've got something to be thankful for. The problem is we take all that for granted. We take things in our life, whether it's a job, an automobile, a house, apartment, whatever it is. We even had food on our table, and maybe once a week we can go to, out to eat or do something. Then we're all things to be thankful for. But we just don't even think about them. It's just what we do. It's part of our life. It's part of going on. But we need to be thankful and remember that those are good things. There are people in the U.S. that have no money in their bank account, don't know where their next meal is coming from, don't have a roof over their head, don't have a job, and they're worried minute to minute and will get upset because my light bill went up $10. Be thankful for what God has provided. I think when we focus solely on a problem at hand, we let it to consume us, and we become so convinced that we have nothing to be thankful for. Be thankful. Be intentional on what you have to be thankful for. I think another thing is understand that prayer is communication with our Heavenly Father. It's that conversation with God. It's that conversation with our, with our Daddy. Guess what? He already knows what you're going through. He's just waiting for you to hear it. But it's that time where you can actually come into his throne room, speak to him, and listen for his voice. But truly take that time to have that communication. I think the other thing and the results of all of this, if we do all of this, if we're thankful, if we take it to God, if, if we communicate with him through prayer, we get the peace of God. Think about that. By doing this, you get the peace of God. You get that peace that surpasses all understanding. Now, notice something. The Apostle Paul didn't say the problem was going to go away. He didn't say the circumstances were going to change. He didn't say it was going to be like, poof, all your problems are gone. Guess what? The problems are still there. Everything's still going on, but now that anxiety and that worry you had is what disappears. Because you've given it to God. You know God's got what's going to happen. You've went to him in prayer. You're thankful for what you have in your life. You're moving forward, and you're able to get that peace that only he can provide. You're able to actually get a night's sleep. 
you're actually able to breathe in and out each and every day. It doesn't promise that the circumstance is going to change. It promises that God's peace will be here with us. And I think we need to be intentional about our thought life. We need to be intentional about what we allow into our thoughts, what we allow into our world. Um, I think one of the things, you meditate on, on things that cause you to grow. Actually take time and understand that through that meditating on things to help us grow, along with that peace of God, it, it helps us to see where we're going. It helps us to control our thought life. And, and like I said, mental guardrails are probably the toughest ones to set. They're not black and white. They could change on a moment's notice. But it's about getting them in place and, and understanding where they go. And I think part of that process or something that may help to set them guardrails in your life would be, first thing, I think, journal. Take time to journal. If, if you don't journal, uh, you'll be amazed at some of the things that you come up with, but I think it's a great way to keep an inventory of your thoughts. If you take time each and every day or throughout the day to, to journal what you're going through, to journal maybe what you're reading about, I think it really changes your perspective. Because the reality is when you journal, when you actually write it down, a week from now you can see how you were feeling a week ago. You can see what was going on in your life. You may be able to see something and actually see the blessing that's come out of it. You may not feel it at that moment, but then you're able to see it because you journaled. Um, and I, I think it's a good practice, and it helps you keep things on track. Uh, I think besides journaling, you take a part of that page and, and kind of ask yourself, uh, what do I have to be thankful for today? So as you're writing down how your day's going, you can say, look, here's what I got to be thankful about. Or maybe, where did God show up in my day today? And you're able to take that moment, that little moment of your day of all the chaos, all everything going crazy, and you're able to go, man, God showed up right here. And you're able to remember how he showed up that day. And through journaling, it's going to help you later to remember the same thing on when he showed up. And I think it's amazing how a small practice like journaling can change your thought process. It can change what you're going to think about, what you're going to allow in. Of course, a no-brainer, reading your Bible. You know, if you want to know what's in God's Word, you've got to read God's Word. You're not going to learn anything about a book you haven't read. So take time, read the Bible. It can be just a chapter a day. Believe it or not, reading a chapter a day is a good guardrail because it starts to put that process into place of, of meditating and, and allowing God's Word to be part of your thought process, be part of what you're thinking about each and every day. Take time to listen to worship songs. Take time to pray. For some of us, technology is a problem. You know, we constantly got our phone in our hand. We're always on something. Maybe you just need to take a technology break. I tell you, one of my best times during the year um, is when I do a 
men's retreat. And I will say, even when I do a women's retreat, because being clergy, I do retreats, and I'm the one of the clergy on women's weekend. But that entire weekend, not having my computer, not having a watch, not having my cell phone, it is actually such a relief to not have a phone. And some of us probably freak out even thinking about that. What, I got to put my phone away? Put your phone away for an hour. Put your phone away for a couple hours in a day. Don't listen to it. Turn it off. Can you imagine going two hours a day that, and don't count your sleeping time? Well, I don't, I don't look at my phone when I'm asleep. That don't count. All right. Imagine taking a lunch break and not looking at your phone one time during lunch. Imagine having a meal and never picking up your phone and looking at it. That'd be amazing for some of y'all, right? How many people in here actually look at their phone while they're eating a meal? Go ahead. I'm guilty. Yep. For the young people over there watching TikTok videos while trying to eat, right? Well, what do we do? We sit in front of a TV and we eat dinner. We, we use technology, and it, all it does is become a distraction in our lives. So, you know, when you put that phone down, guess what you're able to have? You're able to have a real conversation with somebody. That means you're actually able to talk with someone in the same room that's sitting across from you. What a concept. Now, some of us may think, Pastor, I'm sorry, you don't want to, I don't want to talk to the people that's in my room. Well, maybe it'll be a good thing to put the phone down and actually take time to talk about it. Remember, our thoughts is what controls us. We need to take control of our thoughts. We need to take control of, of what we allow into our lives. Some of us are allowing some bad things into our lives. And it's just become this habit because every day at 7 o'clock, I've got to watch this TV show. And you know the TV show's not good for you. Every day I've got to do this, or I've got to do this. I mean, think about, hey, you know what? If I'm going to replace, hey, you know what? Instead of watching this show, I'm going to read God's Word. Instead of watching this thing on my computer, I'm going to watch or listen to this podcast of something else. It's just a matter of rearranging what's in our life to know that instead of allowing all this garbage into our life, that's just going to push garbage right back out of us, bring in things that are healthy. Bring in things that are good. Bring in things that bring you closer to God. Bring in things that help that relationship. As I said to begin, our thoughts are the most important factor in determining how we feel and what we do. And we need to change our thoughts and realize the more our thoughts are submitted to God, the more we will experience His peace and the more our lives will reflect on Him. How many people need more peace in their life? I'm telling you. I mean, I just got to thinking about the beginning of the sermon. And I'm like, man, tomorrow's Monday. Good thing I'm off. Good thing it's Memorial Day. But then I'm thinking of all the ag aggravation I'm going to have on Tuesday. I had a long weekend. There's going to be phone messages. There's going to be all these different things going on. And, and, and that stress. I'm getting anxious just now thinking about it. Which is crazy, isn't it? 
Y'all, we start to get anxious on Sunday thinking about Monday. Let it go. Let go and let God. Let go and let God take control because you already know his word says he goes before us. He's already got there. If he went before me, he's got it under control. I just got to let him have the control. I got to allow him to do what he does instead of me doing what I do, which doesn't work. I get in my own way because I make a list and I check off boxes. And I've done the same thing way too many times in my life. I've checked off boxes instead of working on a relationship. I've checked off boxes and allowed bad things, allowed garbage to come into my life instead of allowing only the Holy Spirit to guide me. I still do it today. I still mess up. And I'm sure there's not a person in this room that says they don't mess up. And if you do, I'm going to say you're not Jesus. Because he was the only perfect one to walk this earth. Every one of us mess up. We may not mess up as bad as the next person, but we still mess up. We still fall short. We still allow thoughts to creep into our mind that don't need to be there. Take control of your thoughts. Get that peace that only God can provide. That's what we're all looking for. We're looking for peace and that peace that God can provide in all the chaos that goes on in this world, all the chaos that goes on in our lives isn't what we need to go through. And it all starts with that relationship with Jesus. Because you can't understand the peace of God if you don't have that relationship with God. And we get that relationship through his son, Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. It starts with that relationship. And, and as you take that time to realize that you're a sinner, to realize that you fall short of the glory of God, and as you're reading God's word, you realize that in order to be saved, I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I need to believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead in order to be saved. That's awesome, right? That's some good stuff coming in. That's not garbage in. But here's the problem. You do that and what's already in you? All that garbage. All that garbage that you've allowed into your life and now it's going to try and suck that little bit of Jesus out of you. So in order for that to get rid of that garbage, to, to get that garbage out, you need to let more Jesus in. Let more Jesus in by digging into his word, by, by understanding and meditating and praying and, and changing your thought process so you get that garbage out and you're bringing in that love, you're bringing in that peace, you're bringing in that kindness that he calls for us. And then guess what you're going to exude out? Love, peace, kindness. You're going to exude out the same stuff that you bring in. Some of us are still letting poison out of our lives and we call ourselves Christian. 
yeah, we're still going to fail, but there should be a change from the day you accept Jesus to where you're at. Because he will transform you from the inside out. There are many people in this world today who will claim to be a Christian who are still allowing garbage in and garbage out of their life and treating Jesus like he's a vending machine. True acceptance, true belief in Jesus requires transformation. It requires repentance. It requires a changing of your heart, a changing of your mind, a changing of everything you do in your life. And it's a lifelong process, but you should honestly see you're not the same person you were a year ago. If you're truly following Jesus, allow his life in. Allow the, the attributes of the Holy Spirit inside of you so that you can let those same attributes out. So with that being said, we're going to close. I'll close in prayer. I'll bless one in the closing prayer. I'm going to bless the food outside so y'all can make that mass exodus to the food. I'm glad they didn't open the side doors too much because, you know, if I was smelling food, it might have been a shorter message. Don't leave here today anxious and worrying. I want to let you know, after, after I pray, if, if you need some prayer and you need to talk, hey, you know, Pastor Ken, I'm anxious and I'm worrying, that's okay. Food can wait. I'll stay right here and I will pray with you and for you. So if you need prayer at the end, come up here and pray. Other than that, after my prayer, everyone, you're free to go out and get your food on. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for everything you do in our lives. Lord, we, we thank you that you give us peace. We thank you that you provide us with hope. Because, Lord, in this life, we do nothing but get anxious and we worry and, and we allow all this garbage into our life. We allow all these different things to control who we are instead of you. Lord, help us to not make you a box just to check off. Help us to rechange what we allow into our lives, what we read, what we watch, what we listen to, that it will be edifying to you, that it will draw us in a closer relationship with you, that we will take time to meditate on your word, that we will take time to allow your word to penetrate into our hearts, into our minds, and into our souls. And Lord, that we will be different tomorrow than we are today. Lord, that we will take everything to you and that we will bring it to you with thanksgiving, knowing that you died on the cross for us. May we be thankful for everything you've done in our lives. So, Lord, as we go out through this week, Lord, I just ask that you continue to keep us safe. Continue to bring people into our lives to help us become more like you. But, Lord, I also ask for those God appointments. Lord, those people that you're going to bring into our lives that need to know about you. 
Lord, that we'll be able to have that conversation about who you are and what you've done in our life. And people will see your fruits in us. And that they'll walk away from those appointments that you've ordained in our lives, a changed person just like us. So, Lord, I just ask that you continue to bless us, continue to guide us. And, Lord, as we go out and, and take this time of food and fellowship, Lord, may you bless the food to nourish our bodies, our minds, and our souls for your service. Lord, bless the hands that have prepared it and the hands that will serve it. And, Lord, we make all of this prayer in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go and serve the Lord and get your... Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give. Um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church. And especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com. And on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.